Hey there, everybody. Thanks for tuning back in. I am David Patino. And I'm Ashton Staniszewski. And yeah, we're back with uh, Office Hours, the official podcast of if you're ordering your iPhone, throw an extra one in the cart for me too, please. Make that another one for me. It's a green color. I like that one. It's a good one. Um, yeah, good to be back again and excited for all the new announcements and all that stuff that I can waste money on. But um, super excited because it's like a real episode. We have a guest. We do have a guest. We're, we're legit again today. Yeah. Somebody we're who's going to bring the, uh, in more listeners. Back on the guest train. <laughs> I feel like you and I do well together, but we get very excited when we have guests on because it's a little less pressure. Yeah, I don't have to talk as much. And you know me, I hate the sound on voice. I know, but you love to talk. I I hate that I talk so much sometimes. (laughs) I like literally texted you earlier today and said, hey, when we record today, make sure I talk less, which I'm completely not doing right now. I'm not sure how to respond to that. Do I just give it a thumbs up or? (laughs) I don't even know. I'm not a real person. (laughs) Well, that being said, uh, we do have a guest. We have a very cool guest here uh, today with us is Anthony Bowie. And I will let Ashton give him a proper introduction because they're old buds. Yeah, Anthony's an old buddy of mine. Um, and he's actually the founder, owner, uh, chief creative of Launch Light Films, an incredible operation based here in Atlanta. We go back to the agency where he came in as a junior editor and was one of these like wonderkins, like super talented, knows all of his stuff, had a killer reel coming in. And then a couple years at, uh, in, he had this incredible opportunity to um, go abroad and work for a technology accelerator in Shenzhen, China. Um, so he went out there and was creating videos for various startups for the rollout of their products and, you know, basically honed his skill set from that and came back to the States and started his own business, which is Launchlight. Did I do it justice? I know that we're going to probably get into, we're going to get into it deeper, but I think that's like a pretty good overview. Dude, that was the best intro anyone's (laughs) ever given me ever. So you, you nailed it. You nailed it. And so how long have, have you been at the helm for Launchlight? Uh, it'll be a little over three years now. Um, I started it in summer 2016, um, right after my last stint in, um, Shenzhen. And so like walk us through a bit of your work. So you, you, you are still doing a lot of the technology work today. What does that look like? Yeah. So, um, launch light, we basically make, uh, crowdfunding videos for technology startups uh, mostly hardware products, so things like um, headphones, 3D printers, um, wearables, um, things like that. Um, and it's 100% of our work. Um, we get clients from all over the world, um, many from Asia, a lot from the US, some from Europe. Um, and uh, yeah, I'd say, uh, I'd say that's about it. Most, 100% of our work is crowdfunding videos. I remember when you started doing this, and you told me about the idea of like, oh, I'm going to go over overseas and I'm going to work for this, this accelerator and kind of do this project. And the premise was like, you know, when you have crowdfunding platforms, these technology companies, they want to be able to get the funding so they can get their project off the ground. Right. And so they do that by soliciting people for their money. So saying, hey, this is something we want to do. We think this is a great product. We're going to make this thing. And, and the videos that they made were always really, really terrible. And I remember you saying, like, I think that this is going to be a great opportunity for me to go into a situation where I can do this a lot better Mm -hmm. and we can have a much 
better success rate. Yep. And that's exactly what he what you've done. You, you like the video, the production quality of your projects is really fantastic. I mean, really high Thanks, end, man. incredible quality. Um, the the edits are always really really great, and to the point where. I was telling David before we started going on the recording that like there are so many times that I've been on, uh, I'm a big reader of theverge.com. So it's a big technology, lifestyle, internet blog thing. But there have been so many instances where I've seen them write about startups that you work for and your video is front and center. And this is like pretty big outlet. They get millions and millions of page views every day. So like, you know, you, your content is truly making a difference for these companies. Number one, like they're, they're hitting goal. They're making the money they need to kind of proceed forward. But then the films you make, they're just, they're stunning. They're legit. Um, Definitely legit. (laughs) Thanks guys. I feel so like good about myself right now. I was not (laughs) expecting this. This is awesome. Uh, yeah, thanks. Well, and so like to the point now where, you know, you've been at this for three years now. Um, so you were there and then you came back and you started this business for yourself. Yep. Um, to the point now where you have a team, you have a pretty good team, right? Like, what was it like growing that from one man band, you're running the whole ship on your own, you're just, you know, the captain, and then all of a sudden now you have people, you have hands, you have extra help. Yeah, it was, uh, it was super hard. Um, I started out actually the first two years that I was working in China, I was completely a, a one man band. Um, I think the first six or seven videos I did um, I did entirely by myself. Um, I uh, dealt with the client, wrote the script, uh, ran the camera, ran sound, did editing, did coloring. Uh, I was an extra in some of my own videos. <laughs> uh, it really was like a, a one-man band deal. Um, I really felt like I was just going to be uh, Batman forever, just, uh, <laughs> just with a ton of gear and just lots of knowledge and just doing it on my own. Um, until, uh, I came back to the U S and, uh, uh, started dating my now fiance and realized that it's not really normal to be working like 50, 60 hours a week, um, by yourself on everything. And that's when I started trying, trying to, yeah, right. Um, that's when I started trying to, uh, bring in other people and it was, a pretty slow process. Um, uh, I had been going as a one-man band for so long that it was hard for me to kind of wrap my head around delegating and and giving work to other people. Um, it also didn't help that I didn't have much experience uh, managing people and knowing how to delegate. Uh, so my first few attempts at it didn't work out very well. So that made me feel like, oh, you know, it's not worth it to, to bring on other people. But... Uh, just through a lot of trial and error, I guess, um, I now have uh, three solid people that, that work with me on pretty much every project. Um, and I'm looking to uh, grow the team uh, even more uh, as we get more and more work. Um, I'm supposed to get married next year and uh, my fiance is gonna be moving in. So I definitely can't be working until like 2 a.m. So <laughs> there's a lot of reasons for me to try to uh, get that work-life balance and uh, delegate a bit more. So real quick, why, when you were over in, in, in China, you were working for someone, correct? That's right, yeah. So it wasn't really, you didn't decide to do it all by yourself. You were just the only one there. So by default, you had to do it by yourself, basically. That's right, yeah. They had, I was the video department, basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
That's like that's a very common thing. Like you, you hear about this all the time in companies where they're like, "Yeah, we have our own video department," and it's like, <laughs> it's one guy in the corner, and he's like literally doing everything by himself. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that's exactly what it was, and. I think that's how the video department at our old agency started out. It was like yeah, one guy, <laughs> and then it just kind of slowly grew from there. But yeah, it was, uh, it was one guy. It's one of those where it sounds impressive on paper. Like, oh, we, yes. have, a, we have a video department. And the video department is you. Oh, and you're yeah. like, oh, gosh, I got to do all these <laughs> things. Yeah. So for you, like, what was it that kind of prompted you to say, all right, I've got this gig uh, overseas. And, you know, you, you're, you're spending time, you're... you're you're spending time on different parts of the world, you know, you're splitting your year, three months here, rest of the time here, you know, back in the States. What was the, the point where you decided like, all right, uh, I'm ready to do this on my own now. Okay. How real can I be on this podcast? How real as you want to be. Awesome. All right. Yeah. Please be real. <laughs> so, um, really, I, I think, so the job offer came from a friend of mine from college um, who went over there um, as a startup who got accepted into the program. Um, his startup didn't work out and he ended up just working for them. And he's the one who reached out and was like, hey, we're looking for a video guy. Do you want to come out? Um, under normal circumstances, I don't think I would have ever taken that job. Um, I didn't really know how much I was going to get paid. I, I didn't really know what a startup was or what an accelerator was. But to be honest, I was going through a rough breakup and I just like couldn't stand being like home anymore. And I just really needed like a change of uh, scenery. And I think that was probably the, the real reason I decided to bounce to China for, for two years. Um, awesome. Because it required like, you know, leaving my uh, gig at the agency and, 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 and all that. So I think that was probably the real reason. Um, but looking back, it was it was an awesome way to to start my career and 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 all that. But but I think that was probably the real reason. Okay, so you you flee the states, right? You're you're like I need to change the scene or I need to, to kind of do that. But then you're you're there. You're in it. You're you're doing it. You're hanging out, um, traveling a bunch, doing all this work, running the show. But then what was it that was like? All right, I need to go. I want to go back to the states, and I want to like not do this as much. Yeah, or like I want to do it by myself. Um. I was really tired of flying back and forth from the U.S. to, to China um, and back. Um, it's a long flight. I had to pack tons of gear um, on every trip. Um, it would be like two checked bags that I have to carry from like uh, Hong Kong because you would fly into Hong Kong, not directly into Shenzhen. I'd have to like carry it from Hong Kong through like the subway into the city um, it was just a lot of fatigue from, 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 from traveling. And I felt like if I wanted to start a business, eventually I was going to have to put my roots down somewhere, um, start building a team. And that just wasn't possible, um, having to travel, um, so much, um, uh, that, and on one of the stints back, uh, I started dating my now fiance, so that was another big reason why I wanted to be home. Well, there we go. Now we know the culprit. <laughs> That'll do it. Yeah, That's that how will. you get them back home. It's all their fault. Give them a lady. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I love the fact that like you ended up in China because you had your heart broken, and I don't mean to like laugh at that, but that's like. That's like that. I love. I don't know how many people I know that like that's the kick in the ass that they needed. 
yes. to go start their own business or, yes. you know, like to get them going down the path of where they are in life. Now they're like, oh, I got I got my heart broken. So I moved away and now I'm a photographer. <laughs> yeah, man. It's a it's a great wake up call. It's a great wake up call. Right. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I always think about, you know, your business as being so interesting because you know, you've you've created this this reputation for for this beautiful work. You have a good network of people in that industry that you've had the opportunity to, you know, work with, build relationships with, and you know, you, you've we've talked before how a lot of your clients are referral based through previous clients and other agencies that kind of work in that realm. Was there an, a moment where you just started to realize that, like, oh, my success is very much rooted in in being specific to a niche? I don't know if there was like a specific moment. But the referrals just kept coming, like right from the beginning. I don't know if it's like startups or like a really tight knit community or something, but as my first two campaigns were a success, and then after that, the work just did not stop coming. Um, I also think in the first two years, I had no idea how to price myself. Um, so my rates were stupid low. Um, I was uh, price undercutting. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to that episode. Uh, you're that thing. guy. You're that guy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I was. I was that guy. Not intentionally. I, I just didn't. I just didn't know. But it it just kept coming, and before I knew it, it I was just so busy, and it just happened to all be um, crowdfunding work. And um, there there was a point when I just decided when I was making my uh, website and, and company name. It's, it's working for me, so I'm just going to be LaunchLight, the company that makes crowdfunding videos. Like, just, you know, why fix what's, uh, what's uh, not broken? So, yeah, when it comes to, like, because th- this is a niche market, and, and back when I used to say that I shot video, I did a bunch of crowdfunding stuff, and I always thought to myself, like, well, this is going to dry up soon, right? Like, Kickstarter's going to go away, and Indiegogo's going to go away, or like, or or people are just going to figure out how to use their phones and make their own videos. And yes, that hasn't happened. And um, and you've found out a way to capitalize on all of it, which is kind of amazing. So, what is it that made you go like, "Yep, this is going to last a long time"? Like, I can build a viable business model on this, or did Dude, you just wing it? It's so funny you say that because I think that all the time. <laughs> I'm constantly amazed at how crowdfunding is just still going. Um, because there have been a lot of really high profile like failures, frankly, like um, Pebble, um, the, the guys who make like this like cool um, smartwatch, um, oh, yeah. their final campaign, like I think broke like a ton of Kickstarter records. And then they, they just like died. They like failed to deliver to their backers. The company went under... They provided like no support to their customers. And there were a lot of really high profile failures like that. And there was definitely a time when I thought, man, like, I don't know, this crowdfunding thing is, is going to be forever. Um, but there are enough successes and you don't hear about them as much um, that, yeah, it's, I think it, I think it's here to stay um, just based off the amount of work I get. Um, the sheer amount of other campaigns that I see come up month after month. Um, if you guys want to see something funny, look up how many earphone crowdfunding campaigns there are on Kickstarter and Indiegogo (laughs) that come out every month, multiple ones every month. Like how many earphones does the world need? I I don't know, but they just keep coming and there's just a a constant uh, demand for them. So 
um, yeah, I, I think crowdfunding is here to stay. But in the off chance it's not, I, I, I think at this point, um, I've gotten good enough at telling stories and like making video that I could probably pivot to to something else um, if it did go under. Um, but I think it's probably here to stay for a while. Yeah, I mean, it's not like it's not like you're you're doing something so niche that it doesn't transfer anywhere else. Obviously, like mm-hmm. the 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 videos that you're creating are beautiful little films that um, you know help sell a product, and so that's just that's commercial. You know, yep. that's right. commercial work straight up. But you know, you, just, you happen to be taking a little bit more of a a chance, perhaps, because the company isn't really up and running yet, perhaps. But but to go back to what we were talking about, like you know, this whole this it's here to last, you know, like I think what's happening in the industry is that you used to see like, it was just like somebody against a white psych with a a little piece (laughs) of their product being like, this is what we're doing. And if you fund, and now it's become, and perhaps it's it's because of people like you, you've pushed it into this, like, no, no, we make these beautiful little films to let people feel that much more comfortable giving their money, knowing that this is actually going to happen except for people like Pebble. So, <laughs> you know, I think that's part of it. I think that, you know, the more that you push forward with presenting the crowdfunding, uh, the more that it will stay, you know, a viable industry. So yeah, yeah. Keep feeding it, bro. <laughs> Do it for sure. And let me be clear. Like I'll, I'll, for, for those that are listening, they're in the car and, you know, you, you can't pull over and bring up the website and watch one of Anthony's videos right now. Like it, the, the, to David's point, the type of work that Anthony is making is very much it's it's they're commercial advertisements, right? I mean, like they're they're these these little vignettes that show the product in everyday life with a person using them, and you know what they get from the product. Um, and I think that you know the niche part of it is that he serves a very very specific square or slice of that of that pie, right? Yes. Of of that yeah of that industry, and so. You know, the, the type of work that he's doing, it's directly applicable to, you know, I mean, insert thing here, insert industry here. Yeah. Um, but I do think it's interesting how you found success in kind of hyper-focusing on one pool of people and saying, you know what, you guys are a completely underserved crowd. I'm going to set up my shop right over here and we're going to we're gonna make things together. I'm almost reminded of uh, Dan Ryan, you know, of Roner and yeah, Ryan right. out of there. It's like, you know, we, we, we had these guys on, uh, on the podcast uh, a couple episodes ago where they went into Arizona with the idea of like doing commercial real estate and architecture photography. Mm-hmm. And it, for them, it was like, we see that there's a super, super high end, high end, you know, architecture industry, but we want to bring that to commercial and residential, like a slightly yeah. lower notch, right? It's something that people didn't think of serving to these people before. And they're doing incredible work um, and they're constantly busy. And I think it just goes to show that like, you know, if you're, if you're worth your, your weight and talent, like you have your ability, like find that group of folks that doesn't have the ability to do what you do yeah, or thought it was out of their reach and bring it to them. And that's where you can start to, you know, more or less print money. Like you're, you're, you're doing well, you're busy, you're able to grow your team and do the work that you want to do. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's really interesting. You, you bring that up because like with crowdfunding videos, I feel like the the niche part of it, the the part where I have to do something different than just a regular commercial video, um, is all behind the scenes in how I have to deal with a startup as opposed to say a more established company. Um, 
the, the the final video looks like any other commercial, but the the behind the scenes is 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 where that's where Launchlight is like known for being good at making videos, particularly for startups, because a lot of times we'll be creating a script for a product that we don't even have in our hands yet because it's still being worked on. Um, timelines tend to be very short. Um, sometimes we won't get the prototype until like the day before the shoot and we just kind of have <laughs> to make it work. Um, their budgets tend to be a lot smaller. Um, startups tend to be um, pretty small teams, so a lot more like informal. Um, so yeah, there's there's a lot that, 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 that goes into it and it's why I've had trouble sending my clients um, if I'm too busy to take them on to other video production teams because sometimes they're not used to dealing with startups. Um, they don't kind of know like the little quirks that you have to, to, to deal with. So yeah, just a bit, just a little something about sort of um, uh, why I, I'm in the niche I'm, I'm, I'm in. Well, and I think that's super interesting because, you know, it's, you know, we talk often about how what we do for a living is, you know, it's, it's, 90% problem solving, 10% creativity, right? Yeah. Like the, the doing of the work. Um, because more often than not, you know, the, the the ticket or the keys to success for what we do is being able to work a problem with a client. You know, you say you, you're working with these, these startups that they might be resource strapped. They don't have all of the things or all of the, you know, all the tools at their disposal that maybe mm -hmm. another operation might have like an agency or, or a you know, commercial client. Um, and so, you know, being able to work well within those constraints or within that sandbox, you know, that makes you inherently valuable, yeah. right? Like that makes your service worth what it, what you ask of it. And so I think that that's really interesting, you know, and, and awesome that you serving that particular section of, of the world or of the marketplace, like you've been able to kind of carve out that niche and find out what works and what yeah. doesn't work, obviously. Um, so I guess, you know, that kind of leads me to a question like, because you're working with limited resources, you know, you have been the one man band running the whole thing from start soup to nuts. You know, what are the common things that you run into when, you know, because I think there are a lot of people out there listening that are like, oh, I'm a video creator, I'm, I'm a photographer or whatever. And I work with cash strap budgets all the time. And, you know, there are always those challenges. So like, what are the challenges that you've run into in your time doing this? Ooh, where to start? Um, <laughs> where to start? This is part one of part two. This is going to be a long one. <laughs> Definitely, man. Um, I think the first thing that comes to mind is managing client expectations. Um, again, when, when dealing with startups, um, a lot of times I'm dealing with people that have never um, had a video produced before. So they may think that, um, you know, a $6,000 budget can get them like the penthouse location with like the, you know, prettiest models and like tons of VFX and 3D animation. And I just have to go in and just bring them back down to earth. Like that is not what that budget is going to get you. <laughs> um, and I learned the hard way that when you don't do that, uh, it makes it really hard for, uh, for, for me, frankly, um, because then, um, I'm working extra hours trying to make things happen that just, just can't, um, they think I can deliver something that, that is just not possible with, with their budget. So that's definitely the first thing that comes to mind is just managing, um, client expectations. 
we always think of crowdsourcing as startups, but have you have you ever had a a video or a project that you've worked on where it wasn't a startup? Yeah, yeah. Um, actually, that's happened a lot recently. Um, I've attracted companies that are launching a product on Kickstarter on a crowdfunding site, but they're really using it as sort of like a like a marketing um, sort of play. Um, they don't really need the money to like, you know, fund it per se. They're just kind of doing it to, for like market validation. They've, they've already got the funds to, to make it the more established. So, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, to, to what you were talking about earlier, uh, David, Kickstarter has grown like crazy in, in, in the past 10 years. Um, when it first started, yeah, it, it, it was a bunch of people who, uh, we're like small companies who needed funding, but it's grown so much now that now there are a lot of companies that aren't like that. They're, they're already established and, and they're just using it as like another channel for, for marketing and um, sales. Um, and the videos have just completely changed. Um, they, right. You, you were right. They, they started out with, with like guys in front of like a white wall. And now there are videos on Kickstarter that are made by like sandwich video which is like the like the like agency for uh technology techie videos and their budgets are like easily in 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 the six figures and yet they're on kickstarter um (laughs) like what do you need the funding for (laughs) but um to pay for that video (laughs) (laughs) right right i I think like to 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 kind of jump on the coattails this like you know um moment lenses right Mm -hmm. um the iphone the high-end iphone lenses that you can buy for your phone mm-hmm. yep that phone a lot um you know they're a they're a established company they make um incredible stuff like very very nice pieces of i would call it gear i guess and they recently launched like a, a one of their new like product lineups through through kickstarter to kind of i think they i mean obviously they're an established company they have a staff they have full marketing stuff all that good stuff but they sold their first batch of this new product i think it was like a lens for like the drone the mavic drone through kickstarter and i think to your point like they're they're using these platforms not so much in the case to raise money but more like to generate buzz to know what they're going to do for first runs of orders um it's like a validation of it's like market validity right to your you just said it yeah so i think that's really interesting to see where that's that's all going um I guess when, when you're working with these companies, I mean, when you've worked to build your to build your product offering, because you said early on in your career, you may have lowballed yourself on the numbers, right? Like Definitely. You're working harder than you need to. You're you're over servicing. I guess in in growing that part of the business and better understanding capabilities, where you kind of land dollars to cents wise, like what was probably the most valuable lesson to get you to where you are to date on that? The most valuable lesson in terms of being able to like charge what I'm worth that that's what you're asking. Yeah. I mean, did you have like, was there like a nightmare client situation where you were, you know, paying out of pocket to get a project done? Or I mean like, cause I think for most people in a freelance vocation, like we've all had that moment where, you know, we, cause pricing yourself is, is challenging. When we talk about this here every now and again, like where you have to be able to understand your worth or know it and feel good about it and sleep with yourself at that. And, and I think sometimes we grapple with, oh, that's a lot to ask of, or, you know, maybe that's not enough. I don't know. I mean, it, but usually it, you, you bump your rates after you've had a bad experience, right? Where yes. you've overworked yourself. <laughs> You're like, you know what? The next time around, I'm going to, I'm going to try to do myself a solid. So like for you, like, 
you know, you're doing like these, these, you know, these are pretty good scale productions. You're, mm. you have you know, a writer, you have producers, you have talent, you're working with, you know, actors and things like that. So like, was there a project that was like, this is where you're the real time. You need to up that rate. Yes, that is 100% what happened. I am yet another statistic. Um, <laughs> uh, there was a project where uh, there was like a V1 of the prototype. Um, I filmed it, shot every scene, basically shot the whole video. The client comes back and is like, hey, you know what? Our guys have made a V2 that looks way better. And it's all the photography, all the graphic design, everything else related to the campaign, we're switching it to that. So is it cool if we maybe reshoot the whole video with this new V2? Um, and, you know, obviously I didn't want to, but I just didn't know how to say no at that stage. And my, uh, my contract had nothing in there that was like scope creep. Like what is, what is scope creep? Uh, right. Every... Every stipulation I have in my contract, I learned the hard way. Like there's literally nothing in there that I like learned from like an article and was like, oh, that's a good idea. Huh. Skull creep. Uh, no. So it was after, it was definitely after that project. And if I'm being honest about two more projects, just like that, when I was like, <laughs> all right, maybe, maybe I should uh, charge a little more, add a bit more to the contract. Um, it was, it was that. And it was me finding out the budget for another video that I thought, man, that, that had to be done like in-house or something. That's got to be like a super low budget video. And I found out what people were charging for that. And then I looked at what I was charging and I was like, no way. Like something's wrong. I got to fix this. Um, so it was, it was those uh, two things. A little competitive analysis, I think, right? Yes. Like, yeah, yeah, I think... And that's, that's, that's tricky. Cause I mean, I think we've all been in a situation where like, I, I don't know, me and David talked about this before, like our, our contractual stipulations are usually like very big CYAs because of previous moments where we burned ourselves. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, I didn't think to say that out loud. And now it's a thing. And I'm going to be in front of my, my computer for the next 16 hours because I didn't say, <laughs> say so. Exactly. You know, and I think it's, yeah. it's client services, right? Like you want to do a solid because people are paying you money and you, your stamp is going to be on it. Your name's going to be tied to it. So I think that's, that's really interesting. I guess like I, what I think is so crazy is that, you know, when, like when I roll up into a project, it's like, it's just me, right? Like, and maybe I've tag teamed, like I've, I've, partnered up with maybe another photographer or I have like an assistant and, uh, you know, a hair and makeup team or something like that. It's not, I don't really think of it as like that big of a production. Mm -hmm. Um, it's just like my little team, but then, you know, for you, you, you're working with, you have actors coming in, you have, you know, you're doing full scale production, you have, um, VFX people that you work with to mm -hmm. kind of create like really stellar, like motion graphics, not like, not like banners and things like that, but like actual, like I need a 3D guy putting on a headphone yep. and then we're going to do a bar graph that shows waveforms about how it works with your brain. Like that kind of like really delicate and complex stuff. So like, is there a moment where you're just like, this is, this is very real. Like kind of about to sign the dotted line. You're like, wow, I'm about to, it's a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it, it's, it's kind of like a, frog in boiling water kind of situation it 
my projects have sort of escalated slowly over time. Um, so I didn't really feel it too much. Um, the, the, the first couple projects were like just the founders talking shots of their product, maybe like one actress at the most, no VFX at all. And then maybe the next project, there would be like one really simple VFX that I could do myself using like a plugin. And then it just kind of slowly escalated. Um, I would say the moment where I was like, wow, I run a real operation um, <laughs> is when I looked at how much I was, like how much money went into paying uh, my team. And I, I say that because like when I was a one man band men, men, uh, mentality, I was like, I gotta keep every dollar. I gotta be as like frugal as possible. And then one day I looked at uh, my, I guess, um, uh, accounting and I was like, man, I pay out like what I used to like make a year. Like what? <laughs> like when did this happen? Like, whoa, this is, this is multiple salaries going out the door yeah. without even knowing it. I was like, man, this is, this is a trip. So I, I think, I think that was the moment where I was like, whoa, this is uh, this is real. It's like a real video. You make real, videos. real videos. I know. I guess I do. <laughs> Not this fake videos, real videos. It's funny. Cause I, there's, I used to, I used to be like yours, like everything I did everything. And I wanted to make sure that everybody knew that I did everything, <laughs> you know, like, and, and not for, not so I got more pats on the back, but I just wanted them to know that like, Hey, I'm, I'm taking care of you. I'm your guy. Yeah. Right. Like I'm, you know, I'm walking you through this whole thing. And then Handcrafted. it gets to a part where you obviously just can't do it anymore. You physically don't have the time or the resources or whatever. And so I found that the second I started bringing in like editors or retouchers or whatever, that. I thought it was going to piss off my client mm. and it didn't. Instead, they were like, oh, cool. Like instead it became like, oh, I have to send this to the editor. Everybody was like, oh, cool. That's going to take a day. Yep. When as a week prior to that, they were like, hey, David, can you knock this out for us right away? Yep. Like all of a sudden it became like, oh, he's got a team and he's got an organization and an operation and maybe we can't get things as quickly as we, but like everybody was cool with it. And I, and I was like, oh man, I should, I should hire some people. Yeah. Which well, I didn't, you know, that's <laughs> Dude, one one hundred percent. And for me, it was it was an ego check too, because when I was a one man band and and before I, I started working with people, I really had the mentality that I should be doing it because I can do it better. Right. <laughs> like no 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 matter what, no matter how tired I am, no matter how overworked I am, like I can edit better than any guy that I can hire. And uh, not true, <laughs> not true at all. Um, uh, quite the opposite, actually. Uh, so, so, so that was a really sort of like humbling experience that uh, you need people on your team who are better than you at what they do in, in, in order for your work to get, to get better. Yeah, I think as small, small company creatives, and I'll say it that way, you often, you know, like we just said, you feel like it needs to have your hands on every part of it. You mm -hmm. feel like you need to be, in order to give your clients what they, you know, what you're charging them for. You feel like, oh, they're coming to me because I offer this beautiful little handcrafted service. Well, the fact of the matter is that like your beautiful little handcrafted service should include some other people because like you just said, like, yeah, you might be a great editor, but that guy that just does editing can do it in half the time. Yes. So like you might be really great at what you do, but that time that you're going through edit number three on your client's revisions, you could be booking the next client down the road. But it's true. You know, like we've talked before about and kind of a common thread that we always bring up is the idea that, you know, our best work comes 
when we have a team of really talented people to kind of, you know, raise us up. Um, and I think this is even more so to that, that point, because I think, I mean, I, I'm like struggling with that whole uh, one man army. You got to do it all. You know, this is your product. It's got to have your name on it. But to your point, like, you know, if I can pass something off, my availability to go do more of it opens up. Or if I have someone that specializes in something like I, like if I can't compose music, uh, I, I like music. I like to listen to music. <laughs> I think I can pick good music in a lineup um, yeah. for a project, but like, I also don't know how to start it from scratch. And if I was to need something commissioned, like I'm not going to do that, you know? So that would ultimately amp the production quality, the value and all that good stuff. And I think to your point about, you know, realizing that, yeah, you're a good editor. Damn good one. But there might be a guy that, or a girl, or there's a person that does this all day, every day, and they are chomping it to bit to do this for you. Yep. Um, and uh, it's, it's pretty powerful stuff. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll throw in one more uh, anecdote. Um, I, I recently started working with a gaffer. I have a gaffer now, guys. Um, this guy did stuff with my gear. I've been using my gear for years. I thought I knew every <laughs> like combination of how you can mount this light, how you can bounce this, bounce that. This dude on day one showed me ways that you can like mount lights and diffuse them I had never seen before <laughs> using all things that I already own. Nothing he added himself. And I was just like, man, like how did I not do this sooner? <laughs> His name is Russ Keel, by the way, man. He is the bomb. I'm, I'm going to shout him out real quick. He's, he is the bomb.com. Yeah. Love it. I, I think a lot of the people that listen to our program, they're folks that are, are, they're, they have their own operation. They're trying to grow their business to do, you know, production of various scope and scale. And I think there might be some folks that are aspirational in the sense that they want to grow to say, oh, I want a producer. I want, you know, a VFX person. I want, you know, to have a production of that scope. I guess, what would you say, or what advice would you give to people that are kind of in the trenches now trying to grow a business from, a, a, a you know, an army of one to eventually or hopefully a team? I'll give you my whole story behind that. Um, what worked for me, the, the, the first person that I brought on who stayed and is now like handling projects on his own, his name is Joe, awesome dude. Um, he started out as just a PA. Like me being like a super control freak, that's pretty much all of the delegation that I could handle. Like you're gonna <laughs> grab some lights for me, you're gonna kind of do some really small things. Um, and then it just slowly grew from there. Um, I noticed that when we were going over the script, he had really good ideas and I was like, Hey man, do you, do you write? And he's like, yeah, I'm like, that's one of my favorite things to do. It's something I, I work on. I, I write movie scripts and I was like, okay, well, you know, try writing this one scene. Um, and it went from that to now he's writing like the first draft. Now he just writes like from brainstorming the concept all the way to the, the final draft. So it was kind of a slow, like easing in process. Um, and same thing on the uh, budget side as well. So like when he was a PA, he was getting paid a lower rate than when he was a writer. And that felt better for me because it, it kind of let me slowly, again, build up to uh, making a bigger investment in people. So I would say that's probably my biggest piece of advice is if you're like me, you're a one-man band and you just don't know where to start, just start out really small and then just kind of slowly ramp it up from there. 
like all things, you know, we, we ratchet up. I mean, when you're starting off in this industry, you, you start at a rate that you feel is comfortable or it, and usually it's criminally low and that's on purpose, it's, you know, to get the work, to get it in the, get it into the bag, get it on the, on the reel, uh, in your book, whatever. And you slowly, as your confidence builds and you're able to kind of think through more steps, um, you slowly amp up the cost, the production, knowing that you are, I'm going to need more hands. I'm going to need a little bit more help or, um, I want to be able to do a little bit more work on this or whatever that might be. Um, I guess, you know, like for you, you know, being in this for gosh, a handful of years now, like what's been like the, the most rewarding part for you? Oh man. Uh, the most rewarding part is when I meet a, a team of, uh, founders that I really like, um, you know, guys who are like passionate about solving a problem they're um, hard workers, they're making an awesome product, and the success of this campaign is like the difference between their their company like blowing up into like a you know a national brand or going under. Um, and it's when I make a video and it's like a huge success, and they message me like, "Dude, this is it. We did it." Um, and then like years later, I see their product on Amazon with five stars, like I knew it was gonna get, or I see it in stores. Um, that's what makes me really happy. It's, it's when I get the feeling of like, man, I helped out these like entrepreneurs who are just like me, they've got a dream, and I helped them achieve it. And they also sent me a free sample of their product, which helps too. So, so let's go exact opposite. What happens when you get the phone call and you're like, this is a horrible product <laughs> or that hasn't happened yet. <laughs> oh man. Uh, look, uh, I don't know. I don't know if I'm at liberty to talk about Looking that. Real nervous there, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, it, it, it happens from time to time. Uh, it definitely happens from, from time to time. Um, uh, I mean, I, I, real quick. Yeah. I shoot stuff all the time that I'm like, uh, I'll make this look as good as I can. Yep. But you know what I mean? Like, so I think, by nature, we've all been there before, and we don't have to call anybody out by name. Yes, yes. If that makes you feel any better. <laughs> yes, I have definitely been there um, a lot more when I was starting out than than recently. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, sometimes you just got to pay the bills, man. Exactly. <laughs> sometimes you just gotta, That's the answer I wanted. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you just got to pay the bills. Take the money um, and you run. Yeah, I mean, in in those cases, um, I I try to see it as a challenge like okay you've got this product that is a bit harder to shoot is a bit harder to sell how can i using my skills make it something that is just like a you know a killer app um but it's uh, it's definitely it's it's definitely hard <laughs> yeah no i mean spinning it into something that you feel good about is probably one of the hardest things on the planet especially when the client's like i love it yes. you know like when, when you produce that like you're like, wow, this isn't really what we, you know, we could do a lot better. And the client's like, oh man, that's so great. And you're like, oh, okay. I just got through something like that. And <laughs> it was such a weird experience because during the script writing phase, there, there were so many conflicts between me and the client because his taste and, and his, his vision was just so different from, from mine. I felt like Matt Hamill working on Last Jedi. Like, what, what do you want? <laughs> um, but... And I was so sure that like once we actually made the video, he would realize that, 
you know, these ideas weren't going to, to, to work. Um, but it's quite the opposite. He was uh, just extremely happy with, uh, with everything. So you know what? I respect that 100%. He had a vision. He stuck to it. We created it. And, and he, he ran with it. So you know what? Props. And, and you did your job 100%. That's right. That's, and honestly, like, yeah, you know, there's pictures that I shoot sometimes where I'm like, everybody's happy, but I probably won't use this. And, but that's okay. As long as they're happy and it gets across what they wanted to do, then you did your job, man. That's, you know, you can walk away at least knowing that. <laughs> I think that's one of the parts about what we do for, uh, you know, what we do as an industry, you know, that as, as content creators, as people that make things for a living, like inevitably you are getting paid you're commissioned by somebody else right so like you have to carry out their vision to a certain extent like they want they hire you for your expertise and the dream is that you get hired to make your art right magic air quotes um but sometimes it's it's truly just hey i need you to do this you know by the book and you know you have to kind of like go okay i'm not making films today i'm just gonna make a video like like you know when we've talked about it like you know today david i want to make art I got paid to just make pictures and that's, that's okay. Totally. Because the mortgage comes every month. That's it. That's right. That's <laughs> Gotta right. have a place to sleep at night. So Anthony, where do you go from here? I mean, you've, you've got this little niche market. Is it just more crowdfunding? Is that like, yeah, um, I'm, I'm not sure. Um, I think right now my, my focus is so much on, um, building a team, delegating more, and just getting to a point where I only work 40 hours a week, five days a week, and I, and I hang it cool. up on the weekends. I think that's so much yeah. of my focus. I'm not, I'm not even thinking too much about the future. Um, but if I had to guess, I would say it's probably doing commercial work for more established companies. Um, there, there have been bigger brands that have reached out to me um, asking like, Hey, would you be interested in making a commercial for us? Um, usually though I'm, I'm, I'm booked well ahead of time. So I, so I couldn't take it, but it's definitely moving more in, in that direction. Um, uh, even from my side, as I raise my, my rates every year, um, eventually I feel like we're going to be in a space where we're a bit high for, for startups, or it's only going to be certain kinds of startups that can afford our services. So I think at that point we'll, we'll slowly kind of trend transition out. Um, and I've seen a lot of other agencies go through this as well. Like, um, sandwich for, for example, started out similar to, to me making videos just for startups. Now they make videos for Toyota. Um, so I think that's probably where, where, where the progression goes. Uh, or the economy tanks, and I go to my backup plan, <laughs> shooting weddings. <laughs> I mean, do you think as you grow, you know, like, because you're, 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 you're DPing your own stuff, you're, you're in the edit bay a good bit with, you know, and if you're working with an editor, you'll be sitting helping with that edit along. Um, but like, as you grow, I mean, is there a thought that you'll take a step back and go, okay, I'm going to hire a DP to shoot and run the camera? I'm going to direct that, you know, like, is there like a, is that where your, your desire to progress goes or is it, do you like being kind of the maker in the trenches doing the work? Yeah. Um, I've been reading this book, uh, traction. It's pretty popular, like sort of business, uh, management thing. And the author talks a lot about like the right people in the right seats. Like you should be spending your time working on the stuff that only you can really work on that you're best suited for. Um, and if I'm being honest with myself, like 
the thing that I'm best at is sort of the high level stuff that has to do with the business, talking to clients, getting new work, um, creating proposals for them, uh, strategizing, things like that. Like that's something that uh, I think would be pretty tricky to, to hire for. So yeah, I, I think down the line, eventually I'm going to hire um, someone for pretty much every role um, in production and, and take kind of more of a, I don't know, I, I, I guess that's what CEOs do. I, I always wondered, I never really got it. Um, <laughs> but, uh, and then if I do want to shoot, it's only on projects where I really want to. So, yeah. Well, uh, Anthony, thank you so very much for sitting with us, talking through uh, Launch Light and all the things that you've done and up to now and obviously where it's going. Um, if you're out in, out there in listener land, uh, pull up your or pull over your car, bust out your phone, uh, and go to launchlightfilms.com. That's where Anthony has all of his work. You can contact him, reach out to him if you have if you are a startup and you want to make a video or you have a product and you're, you're doing your thing, um, and check out his work. It's incredible. It really is. And I think I don't know as someone who's watched you kind of grow professionally i think it's incredible to see what you're doing now uh and i get to say like i knew him when so <laughs> appreciate you spending your time with us this afternoon dude absolutely it was a total pleasure and uh, i guess that's going to do it for us at office hours uh we appreciate you guys sitting and listening with us if you enjoyed this episode uh please send us a note uh reach out to anthony send him a high five and give us a like or a comment on Apple Podcasts. That's the one that counts right now, but we can also find us on Spotify. Hopefully they do that soon. Um, and uh, yeah, that's going to do it for us. If you, yeah. if you, uh, also, if you enjoyed it, sorry, I'm like rambling now. Make sure <laughs> to share it with a friend. Uh, we always like sharing what we do here and hopefully you might do that too. So until next time, we will uh, see you. Peace. Later. <laughs>